Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, do you want to see me and Langston live in the flesh looking cute? Well, come on out to the Elysian Theater where we are doing a live version of My Mama Told Me, the first live version featuring Langston and myself. Hell yeah. My Mama Told Me live. David and myself together, we're going to be doing the damn thing at the Elysian Theater, February 16th, 7.30 p.m. We would love for you to see it. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have Q&A. We're going to throw stuff at the audience, probably. It's going to be mayhem. Lance is going to nunchuck. I'm bringing my gosh darn nunchucks. So get those tickets, www.elysiantheater.com backslash shows backslash my mama told me. Bam. I think if I was in a dress, I think it would be a it would be a body positivity piece. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're like, move over, Lizzo. Yeah. There's a new star in town. <laughs> move over, Lizzo. There's a man doing it now. <laughs> you wanna see some butt cheeks that need to be out? It's yeah. David Ford. Arrhythmic clapping? Yeah, you come <laughs> get it. <laughs> the government growing babies. Microchips in your anus. All koala bears are racist. The ozone layer owes me money. Martians invented turkey stuffing. Y'all can't tell me nothing. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome to another brand new episode of My Mama Told Me. The podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we work to prove that the KY and KY Jelly does in fact stand for Kentucky. And it is a proprietary blend invented by slaves. We want our (laughs) money back. Wait, so if I'm understanding correctly, <laughs> because boy, boy, what an exciting journey we're on. You're saying that these slaves thought to use the chicken grease 
to fuck each other. Ooh, after. Okay, you said chicken grease. Well, you said Kentucky. I immediately went to to <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. I thought you were making two branches happen at once. No, I just meant. I I guess I meant that there were slaves in Kentucky. I didn't. I, I didn't think this joke out. I didn't think it out. All right. Joke. All right. Okay. No, but okay. Let, let's play, let's play a game. All right. Okay, so, okay. Okay. So in theory, there are slaves in Kentucky making sex grease. There, sex I, grease. I, I believe is what it's traditionally called. They're making this sex grease. And you're saying that a slave owner, uh, an evil white, not like you good whites who listen to the podcast. Oh, oh yeah, you guys you. are the best whites. Fine whites. Some of my favorite whites. Uh, <laughs> there's just people with with whites for Langston hold, uh, signs behind <laughs> That's me. The merch. <laughs> Where are my whites? Where are my crackers? Where are my Langston whites at? <laughs> But you're saying that these evil whites stole that formula, stole that sex grease formula, and then and then turned it into their own product. Yes. Hell yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, what's the one place you would want to put chicken grease besides your mouth? Come on. It's got to taste good down there a little bit, you know? <laughs> it's not going to make it taste worse. Nah, it's got to help. <laughs> 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 well, I'm Langston Cartman. I'm David Bory. And and you've come you've come so far. You've come to a, a fantastic new episode. And and specifically it is an episode a Langston and David episode. David and Langston, you you pick your poison. And and this is the one where we just talk shit and uh unpack a few emails, maybe just Let's figure out where our hearts lie in all of this. Let's get to the bottom of it. It's January, you know? New year, new me. Yeah, it's goddamn January. <laughs> it's We're goddamn. Not going. Are you are you are you a, like a, a new year are you like a new year's resolution person? Uh not in a way that uh would create any uh, real accountability, if that makes yeah, sense. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> I I make some resolutions in my head where I'm like, hell yeah, you <laughs> Come on, dog. You could get in shape this year. <laughs> hey, big man. <laughs> let's just let's just end sugar always forever in your life. What you need man, that for? That then, sugar shit is fucking killing me. It's, it's really it's so bad for you. Yeah. Sugar for me it's alcohol where I realize I'm like 35 and I'm like, oh, nothing new is gonna happen if I get drunk. So I should probably just yeah. not do it. Yeah, I that I think that's why weed started to like become a thing in my life was like, damn, these drunk nights are starting to repeat themselves in a way that that it's not even joyful anymore. No, you know? there's nothing new and there's nothing new. You're just getting DoorDash late. Like Yeah. And then you get married and and that becomes so much of like a this is a guaranteed ending to your night that it's like Oh, I never I thought even, about that. You can't even yeah. go out and get loose because it's like you got to go home, right? I couldn't even possibly wake up somewhere I didn't expect. Like it truly, <laughs> it is a non-factor in my life. And I'm grateful to have a person that makes that a non-factor. This is in no way resentful of my wife. But that said, fuck am I doing this for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've stolen a, a joy that I can't get back. Was so that a joy? Why? Did you like like waking up scared that you got robbed maybe? I, I think there was a uh, a joy in the way that it feels like going through a haunted house. You know what I mean? 
That's not or, joy. That's fear. <laughs> well, yeah, I think. But then you volunteer <laughs> for that fear. And you're like, oh, oh, you sign up for the fear. Yeah, I, I, I signed up I, for this. I guess it's exciting. I'm I because I'm single as hell. It's I. I guess it's exciting. Are you still waking up places you didn't know? Are you like are you no, that kind of like, single? I've been thinking about it because I did a drinking contest last night. I did a drinking contest live show. And, <laughs> and I haven't really been drinking like that for a while. And I yeah. woke up today with no memory of how the night ended. And I woke oh, no. up and I came I came into the kitchen, man, and there was I fried up spam. Oh no. And it's like Bro, what is this? What is, what is I this isn't even that, that couldn't have been a good time. Yeah, come on, man. That's not even the best thing you could have fried in your That's house. Not even the, I have a fridge full of food. I have leafy <laughs> greens. I have leafy greens in there. I'm frying up spam. I don't even know where I got the spam. That's crazy. So you didn't just have spam on hand. I I assume I must have. Oh man. That's that's haunting. In either direction. That's what I'm saying. Like, like enjoy this is a your new kid, apartment man. for you. You don't, you don't have to have spam no more. I know you have a good amount of money. Spam is a a choice you're making. And then on top of that, it, if it isn't a choice you're making, if you didn't already have the spam, you were like, I need fucking spam in my blood right now. And then you went and got that. Yeah, it's I live above a 7-Eleven, so I think that was the last one. Because I remember coming home, yeah. and then I... What I'm saying is you don't want these problems, man. You, you, I, you, I, I hear not. you. I hear you, and I, I sort of believe you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I couldn't be more grateful for what I have and couldn't be more uh, mournful for what I've lost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because it's always like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It looks beautiful in the rear view. Hell All those yeah. exciting days, waking up. Did I eat spam? Did I not? Who's this lady? Hell yeah. Come on, man. The the best we all love the finale episode where they start playing the recap of the stuff that happened all throughout the years. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, when right. When you look you up look in the sky and you remember all the things that happened in Martin's apartment before he leaves. Man. Come on. That's that's the best part of the finale. That was the saddest one. Was that the one where he wrote I'll miss you on the wall? I think he wrote Love. Or, or like peace and love. It was something like more like uh, whatever. But maybe it was I'll Miss You. But either way, it was definitely he wrote on the wall, which I think was improvised. I'm, I have to assume was more. No, they like didn't him. write that in. Yeah, he I was like. Most of, I don't think Martin was heavily scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going on record right now. I think they had the plot points of every episode. And then yeah. I think they just kind of like point and shoot. I don't, I will say, I cannot think of a sitcom where you can physically, visibly see people breaking more often than uh, Martin. Like Nobody was funnier than Martin in a dress. They could not keep it together to save their lives, and they were constantly fucking laughing at whatever this motherfucker was doing. He was so time. funny. He did everything. It was wild. Like, I, here's what I say. I don't think Dave Chappelle would be funny in a dress as funny as Martin. 
Whoa. I said it. I said it. I don't think you got I don't think you got the juice. Whoa. Okay. So you're saying that Chappelle denying the dress, like being like black men in dress, this is the evil that they put on us, was less about him like trying to save black men and more about him basically being like, fuck, that nigga's so much funnier than me in a dress. I'm gonna Martin? sabotage the 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 bit entirely. You ever seen Nutty Professor? This is the funniest thing in the world. I truly, I, I, I mean, but that was Eddie. That wasn't Martin. That no, was, I'm saying, but I'm saying like that. There's a long line of people really. I got killing you. It. That yeah, he, yeah, yeah. that even in the line of succession, Martin is ahead of him. But Martin may not even be the master of that. Right. That right. space. Right. 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 Whereas stand up, Chappelle has a real chance of of outshining both of them. All of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better at writing jokes, for sure. Right. But we're talking about just, like, nitty-gritty, getting to a dress, make it happen. Bro, I saw nah. I saw The Nutty Professor in a movie theater in Atlanta, and it was like, I've never seen anything that happened like that in my life. Sure. Because you... You remember the movie, but you don't remember the first time at the table with a movie theater full of black people. Yeah. People were throwing like drinks at the, this is how I remember. No, it, I was, yeah, like, you. It was. <laughs> you literally went to to Mecca to pray. You know what I mean? Like that is. It was you, nobody's you ever went. killed his heart. I love Dave Chappelle. He's never done anything as funny as Eddie Murphy did in that movie theater. I, listen, I'm not. I don't disagree with this premise at all. I don't. The to me, the when David was at his funniest, as certainly as an actor, and we might be able to debate even as a stand-up, was when he was gangly, sort of like silly Chappelle in his youth as as an actor. When he was like more of like a, you kick me in the dick and I fall down, Chappelle. And right. then at some point, he he elevated beyond being just a get kicked in the dick guy and more of like a buff dude and then a fat dude and then whatever's in between those two yeah he, he he's a daywalker for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he wears the long coats to to match the aesthetic he wears weird clothes, but that's a stand-up thing, I think. Stand-up. Yeah, I think I I still respect a stand-up who's a bad dresser, so I'm not. I'm yeah, never going. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a stand-up and you're a bad dresser, you work hard at the craft, and I like that. You yeah, know what I mean? keep on keeping on, keep on yeah. keeping. <laughs> I'm not a great dresser. I get it. I get it, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, man, it's like. Not a you can't just put a suit you can't just put a dress on and be funny. There's like no. still there's still if I put on a dress, I don't think it's that funny. I think you'd be you could be I you know what I would worry about you in a dress is that it would be taken too seriously. That's and that's what I'm saying. I don't think like, it would end up being as funny as as I would want it to be. Like you in a sundress would just be like a fashion choice. I think somebody would write a think piece. Uh, I think I would make a whole episode about me wearing a dress for a show, and then somebody would write a think piece about how important that work and effort was. Yeah, and, and how like, it was a Vera Wang dress. Yes, and like, and this is related to the, the yeah. relationship between Black and Asian people coming together. It's like, bro, yeah. 
I just wanted you to see my dick print in a sundress. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you would be too serious. <laughs> your body is too serious for dresses. Yeah, I, and that's what? and that's 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 you know cross you have to bear. Yeah, you no, I think like I think it's uh it's a everybody ain't funny in a dress to your point, and so I think Chappelle in a dress wasn't it. Yeah, they could really do it, and I do think to the the grander conspiracy, I don't like the way Chappelle tanked that for for some motherfuckers that could really shine Bro. in dresses. Some of the greatest comedy ever has been done in dresses. Yeah, man. We we really fell in love with comedy because of niggas in dresses. <laughs> and then this old, old fucking wise, oh, hate wise motherfucker was like, I wonder if that's because of racism. It's like, of course it is, David. Yeah. Of Sometimes course racism fuck is, it is funny. <laughs> you should read the things I text my mom. Bad. <laughs> Hilarious. All of it's because of racism, but what parts of it are funny and not funny? Let's just yes, get to the core of it. That's all I care about. Put that dress on. Put if there's a young comedian listening to this, <laughs> go, ahead and, go ahead and put that dress on. Slip on that red dress <laughs> and some of those high heels. <laughs> Do it for those of us who can't. Come on, man. Hashtag put that dress on. Put that hashtag put that dress on. <laughs> this will blow up, right? This will turn into some sort of challenge. Getting yeah, young. put that dress on challenge. Put that dress on challenge. Uh, brought to you by my mama told me we we challenge you to be to be a pioneer in in uh, in black retraction and put that dress on. Put that dress on, you beautiful man. <laughs> Only if it's funny. Only, Only if, if it's funny or if that's who you are, it doesn't matter. We're truly not going to decide. Yeah. But for the funny people, put that dress on. No buff dudes. You got to be soft buff. You yeah, can't be hard on, man. Big old muscles popping yeah, out the dress. Like that's that. all anybody's going to focus on. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and the last star on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man, Marie's a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination.
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should we should we do an email? Should, oh yeah, let's do an email. Through? I got I, I got I got lost in the dress of it all. We, we, before we started, we were, uh, we were debating, uh, which email to take on. And we have a number, we've been getting a fuck ton of emails from you guys and they've, Thank they've you. been amazing and we're super grateful for them. So please continue to send your messages. They are not going unnoticed, even if it takes a little while for us to get back to you. Uh, but we got an email from a person named Carly. Carly hey. sent us an email that I would argue is, uh, bordering on smut. I, yeah. I would say that certainly the uh, the subject line of this <laughs> of this conspiracy theory I, I think is is smut ish, if, if I'm not mistaken. I like smut. <laughs> I know you do, and I so I did. Guy. I didn't want to say it with any judgment, but I did want to point out we're getting smut here. But but right. the subject of the line is poop in the mouth conspiracy theory. And we all heard that, and we were like, "Yeah, we should probably do." Yeah, on board. On board. Do you have any any guess as to what this this relates to? Do you does poop in the mouth conspiracy theory trigger anything for you? Not. No, there's no conversations I've had or like. No, <laughs> I haven't been, to, <laughs> I haven't been to that corner of the internet yet. Sure. <laughs> the only thing the only thing that it immediately triggered for me was thinking about like two girls one cup and wasn't I that thought, fake i have no clue and frankly uh i never made it far enough into the video to be able to like go like hey those those poops don't match colors something it ain't looked, right here it looked real to me yeah it looked very real and i i can't I can't go back to whatever that was. Even talking about it now. What I, a bad uh, time. I want to vomit. Yeah. I, What's that, that like? Oh, eight? Something like that? Oh, seven, oh, eight, something yeah. in that world. We, we didn't know what to do with the internet yet. No, and and frankly, if the fact that people didn't shut it down right then tells you that they did not have good plans for us. No, no. It was unregulated. It was the wild, wild west back then. Because, like, all right, not for nothing, that... That's some black market shit, right? Like two like, girls, one cup. I don't yeah. even know who made it. But that's what I'm saying. I think like for a while in the world that we understood in the Windows 95 world that we lived in, right. the presumption was that if you wanted to see two girls eat shit out of a cup, <laughs> you paid you you had to go to like a black market dark web <laughs> space. 
to be able to access that. And then at, at some point around 2007, the black market became the regular ass internet where they were just like, fuck it release the you know what i mean the the archives and then we just started going on youtube seeing black market shit you know what i mean yeah yeah that was like because it was like i've seen gross stuff since but i had not seen anything grosser at the time yeah that it was that, a turning point that broke a seal for like i would say 80 percent of us yeah because once now that you know that that's out there you're like, Come on. what else is out there? I get, And some of us had to know, and some of us were like, I'm good. I'm going to, like, join a church and, yeah. and turn in the opposite direction. And that fucking video, I would say, holds, holds a lot of weight in that responsibility. Yeah, I would like to find them. I wonder if they know what they do. They the have two to girls? Know. They know. They know. I, I guess that's weird for me to ask as if you were, I, I got to find that cup. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what you did? <laughs> You're killing us. <laughs> they threw, they, they burned the cup. Imagine the intern that had to wash out that cup after the mess that was made. Where is that true crime documentary? Right. They're fucking talking about everything else. Why don't we have a two girls, one cup video history? Yeah, the fact that they haven't come forward and said, like, uh, this was abuse, this this was a violation, tells you something something crazy had to have had. They had to have been murdered. I think that they, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're proud of it. Okay. But, but here's the thing. Great, the word great is not a moral word. It's just a word for a size. Yeah, I, I guess where I start to worry or worry, wonder, I guess, is is something that popular. They couldn't have been paid that much, right? No, so it becomes that not world. for as much as it was seen. No. So so why haven't we heard of any of them coming forward and being like, hey, we never saw enough money on what became truly a worldwide phenomenon? Dog, we got a picture to Hulu. Dog, where are the two girls, one cup girl? Where are they at? Where's the cameraman? Where's bring, the producer? Where's the director? Bring back our girls. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically the two girls, one cup girl. Dog, if that's, we got to make a t-shirt. That's a perfect goddamn t-shirt. Is bring back our girl hashtag bring back our girls. And it's just uh, the image of the two girls, one cup ladies right beneath it bro we you know what's crazy is they could walk into my apartment right now i would not recognize them. you wouldn't recognize them because they're not covered in poop if <laughs> 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 they were covered in poop people like, i know you oh there's something familiar about you <laughs> i recognize you did somebody puke in your mouth <laughs> wait so what were we talking? We're talking about pooping mouths. Yeah, the poop in mouth conspiracy theory is what what Carly sent us. Carly sent us this email, and she said, uh, "Hey Langston and David, I love your show. I've been uh, talking shit to my husband forever, swearing I will email my own conspiracy, and finally making it happen. So here we go. 
I am biracial, but my black mom and her extended family are responsible for most of my upbringing. As kids, my cousins and I were always pushing to f- finish our plates at mealtime, whether you liked what you would you were being served or not. At some point, us kids started this thing. We thought we were being slick. I just uh, by just holding a big mouthful of food forever without swallowing, presumably in hopes that dinner would end at the uh, and the adults would give up on making us finish our plates. When the adults caught on to this ruse, my mama told me that if we kept food in our mouths for too long, it will automatically turn to shit like actual physical poop in your mouth it was devious and insanely effective where are you at so far where where, what are your feelings i'll finish the email let's let's gauge your immediate responses inside of this listen i'm not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) okay here's what i got poop is made out of food that's right that's as far as I can go on that. That's as far as I can. <laughs> yeah. Do I think that, like, if I just kept food in my mouth for a long time, it would turn to poop? No, I think it would smell bad. Mm. But do I think it would turn turn into the same poop that comes out of my butt? No. Do you think it would smell bad, like uh, poop bad, or like uh, just like like old oats and and hot breath? type bad like do you think it's I think, just well it's like have you ever like these those little the the tooth the dentex strips do you ever these things i got them all oh yeah those the things that uh people are uh are throwing on the street constantly for some reason. yeah 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 what <laughs> sometimes i'll pull like a piece of steak or something out with one of these mm-hmm. And it smells pretty bad. And that shit's just been mm. in there for like 20 minutes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, if I get a big one, you know, I'll sniff it. And, like, yeah. so, like, extrapolate that over time. I think that, <laughs> I think that something happens. I, I don't yeah. know. This is a difficult one. It is. It, I, I, I guess where my brain originally went is holding food you don't like in your mouth, it would taste like shit. Do you Way know more I mean? difficult like, than eating it. Yeah, it seems like at the point that you've put it in your mouth, you've you've already crossed the threshold. You don't that's what, <laughs> just finish the motherfucker. That's what I mean. Children are stupid. Yeah, that, that's the craziest part of this to me is like, I'll just hold these chitlins in my mouth and that way I don't have to experience them. It's like, no, also, that's the worst part. Also, that's crazy to me because, like, maybe I'm crazy. My mom can cook. That's, mm. like, one thing. We never had, like, nasty meals in my house. Like, are your parents, can your parents cook? Uh, my mom could cook. She didn't love doing it, but she could cook. My dad, I think, had, like, four meals that he knew how to handle and, like, we would have hit. those pretty consistently. They hit for for my palate then, and and I'm a big fan of my dad. He's a good man, good white man, good. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that I I'd like uh, go to somebody else's house and be like, man, you got to try my dad's tomato chicken. It's like I don't. Tomato. I enjoyed it. Wait, what? It was chicken with tomatoes all over it. I don't know. I don't know again. Good white man. <laughs> Good white man. Tomato chip. I, I don't know. Put those two words together. Yeah. 
<laughs> what you want from me? I, I, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm a victim too. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm not going to say the, like, you know, great chef, but I enjoyed what we had growing up and, and have zero regrets about having ate it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomato chicken. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. It sounds like this person's parents' food was nasty. Yeah, no. It, First th- that part's pretty clear. was like, this is nasty food, but apparently also nasty because it was so unseasoned and so sort of like blank that it was, it, you could keep it in your mouth for, for sometimes hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> to escape uh, responsibility of finishing your plate. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But do I think it would? Okay, so back to this conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, I don't think it would turn into plate. Mm. I, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that it's necessarily going to take the form that poop does. I think you got to make it all the way down to the end of the train to 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 get that blackened uh, Cajun, yeah, that Cajun flavoring that that ends up with poop. But I do think that that's it's like the difference between like blackened salmon and like and like sushi. Do you know what I mean? Like they're still both fish. It's oh, just like okay. this is so, poop. This is like gross fucking mush that like is to your point gonna stink and like be vile in a way that's like pretty close to poop if we if we like had a scientist in a in a glass. You know what I mean? All right. I mean, but isn't poop man, we're talking so much about poop. Isn't poop <laughs> it's like but poop is also stripped of all the nutrients. Mm. It's like you take all the nutrients out and then your body pushes out the rest. Yeah, and I think that, at least in my understanding, that the more that we cook something, right, the more that we heat it, the more that we, uh, that the more nutrients are lost into the atmosphere, I guess, into the fire, whatever the fuck it is. And similarly, I think when you uh, leave something soaking in a, you know, saliva or around bacteria that's going to be eating up those nutrients. I think in this case, we're just not absorbing them the way that we would. They're just being dissolved in our uh, bullshit mouths. Okay. I mean, you don't, you, you I have no, I have no, I have no, this is the weirdest conspiracy theory because it's not based in race. <laughs> so I have no like I have no like people I want to win or lose here. I got you. Uh, l- let's read on because maybe and and it's worth noting that I do believe Carly said that she was raised by her black mom, yes, and extended family, and so it sounds like they were doing this in a black household, and subsequently it came from a black parent that uh, that you got shit in your mouth if you hold it in in your face. <sighs> I need proof with shit like that, though. I got you. You need somebody to poop out their mouth, and then you're like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, there it is. 
<laughs> she goes on to say, so I'll be the first to admit that this isn't a textbook conspiracy theory per se, right. but I certainly believed it and was deceived by it for an embarrassingly long time. I also came to realize there's some poignant themes in there that I didn't really process until I was an adult. Something about not letting anything go to waste and not taking food for granted, especially when so many others in our community of lower income, black and brown families went without. Anyhow, over the years, I always get a good laugh when I tell people about this lie or is it that my mama told me that I thought you guys uh, would get a laugh too. Much love, Carly. Yeah, Carly, your mama is a liar. Yeah, she lied to you probably. She lied to you because you didn't want to eat her nasty ass food. I get it. But you know what? I see the vision, mama. I I think that whatever's (laughs) been... Whatever's being kept in your face is equivalent to shit at the point that you would spit it out. And it is not only harmful and wasteful, but it also is is basically poop-ish. It's poop. It's it's Kenya Barris brings to all of us poopish. Uh it's a lighter poop. Uh it's a biracial poop. It's a biracial poop, but it's <laughs> it's got its own struggles that we were unaware of uh twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> Poopish, starring Tracy Ellis Ross. <laughs> She's back. She's back, baby. You can't, you can't keep a good man down. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was we'll it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. 
We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to come see My Mama Told Me live at the Allegiant Theater on February 16th, but you don't live in Los Angeles? Have we got an offer for you. We're live streaming it via Moment House. We're doing Q&As. You can see me. You can see Langston. Tell them about it, Langston. Please purchase tickets at moment.co slash my mama told me again, February 16th at the Elysian Theater, but in your homes for the live stream or the next five days after. So buy those tickets. Olivia mentioned that there is apparently a a disease, a a disorder of sorts. Oh, because if you hold it for too long, then it comes out your mouth, right? Yeah. So, well, apparently there's something uh, called... Feculent vomiting. Yeah, feculent vomiting. Uh, fecal being the root word there, if anybody <laughs> was wondering. Uh, <laughs> where, where people uh, throw up poop out of their mouths, I guess, unexpectedly. Which truly sounds like the worst day. There's no... What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say you're at dinner, right? Let's say <laughs> let's say you're at a, a fine Lebanese restaurant and uh and you you feculent vomit out of your face. Or do you wait for the check? Do you how, how do you proceed after that? Oh this no, is a that nice was a nice restaurant. House. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Are you kidding? No, I fucking. I'm so out. you you vomit out of your you vomit shit out of your face, and then you just stand up and you you just walk. You just yeah, immediately. No, you'll never see me again. <laughs> Probably not even on that side of town. To be honest, I won't come I, back. So you're not moving cities, but you are like a new borough kind of dude. I'm off that street. I got I'm you. I'm off that street. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I shit out of my mouth at the t- on the Baba Ganoush? No, I'm gone. Oh, bro, boy. never ever, ever ever. Well, this is a very real thing that that apparently exists, and the American Journal of Surgery I'm, I'm reading now looks specifically at feculent vomiting. Researchers found that throwing up poop, while not common, was associated with some type of intestinal obstruction, including either of the following: uh, mechanical intestinal obstruction, a partial slash or complete blockage of the intestine that's more common in the small bowel, paralytic obstruction. Uh, with this condition, muscle or nerve problems disrupt the normal muscle contractions of the intestines. A paralytic can can cause uh, symptoms of an intestinal blockage, but there's not a physical blockage. So it sounds like most of this has to do with the intestine more than uh, just you holding it in your mouth and it becoming poop. Right. This is like your intestines is fucked up. It's got to come out. And they're like, we're going back, baby. <laughs> Stanking ass breath. You know, uh, I was I was thinking about it. I miss bad breath jokes. Remember when there used to be so many bad breath jokes? When did we stop doing that? Yeah, I will say that that one of uh 
I, it's a bad breath joke that lives in my head forever, and it's a, it's it happened to a a very funny comedian and a friend. So I won't name names, but uh, <laughs> one time we were leaving, we were leaving uh, a concert. It was me, Jack, and a few others, and this comedian. And uh, and at one point, out of nowhere, Jack just turned to this dude and was like, "Dog." Your breath fucking <laughs> smells like shit. <laughs> it's like, and we've all been talking about it. Everybody knows it. Come on, man. We got to do something. And then walked him into a convenience store and, and bought him gum in front of like 10 people. And like made this big announcement. It was one of the meanest, most effective things that he could have possibly do, done in that moment. God bless Jack. But like, did his? Did you see this guy later, and or was his breath? No, he kept you? hanging out with us, and and it helped. The gum definitely helped, and I feel shame even bringing it up. But it was so I'm not fucking say funny. Anything, but that is insane. But it was. <laughs> Truly, one of the funniest things that that has ever happened. Where because he was talking, he was having a good night. We had been to a concert. We were just enjoying some shit, and Jack was just like, "Bro, your breath." Everybody, look, the secret's out, man. Everybody knows. We've already had private conversations about. But you got it. Gotta, that's that's the beauty of Jack, though. Is like you do have to like. He could have not done it. You know what I mean. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> it was just going to be, you know, I was just going to have a rough night. I I, I I, was like, man, if I drink enough, maybe this will, you don't smell nothing when you're drunk. It's just, yeah, you don't it know. It is what it is. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. Walked the man into a, a bodega and said, here, fix this. So to your point, I think there's still some bad breath jokes out there. They just think good, uh, good. It they ain't just, hitting, it, hit, hitting as often as they used to. It was the mainstay of my like childhood. The problem with bad breath is like people could lie about it. Whoa. People could be like, oh, his breath stinks. And then it's like, but does it? Or are you just being mean? Oh, like meaning like if I you if I say your breath stinks, but you're not nearby to prove it. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying a random thing about you. Like if a woman says that your breath stank, there's no you can't there's no rebuttal. Yeah, she's just a hater. But but there's no like you coming in being like, no, actually I brushed my teeth. She just didn't like me. Oh. You know what I'm saying? It's just like your breath stinks then. Oh, you're saying that at the point there's no rebuttal for the receiver of that. Yeah, there's no, there's no, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah. It does. It it sucks when they're. I think it got overused in the nineties, right? There was a right. point where like they were constantly telling people their breath stinks, and it was like, yeah, but you're nowhere near them. We don't even. How do you know? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It got watered down. Yeah, it got super watered down. But then there was a point to your point where it was like, oh, if somebody said it to you. And they were close enough and or like had a context to be able to point it out. It became a thing that you was like a challenge for the rest of your life. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Man, we got to bring that back. I used to carry Banaka just out of fear <laughs> of 
<laughs> I don't think Panaka works that well. I don't think it does either. I think you're truly just getting kind of buzzed off of uh, of a Listerine. Do they even make it anymore? I think they still make Banaka, yeah. Man, that was some fresh shit to do, though. It's under 20, and you had Banaka, that was pretty fresh. You spray a couple times, and it was like... You were cool as hell. Yeah. You end up at a girl's house, and, you know, that that part of the night where you got to empty your pockets, and you pull some Banaka out. Yeah, she knows you're on point. She knows. You playing this. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is meant to be, baby girl. I got this my Banaka. Is, I was always ready for you, shorty. <laughs> I'll buy some banaka later today. Yeah, man. You know what? Don't buy it. I- I'm gonna send you some banaka. I'm gonna send you a big old case of oh, banaka, man. So you can get back to whatever whatever that is for you. Keep some in the bedside. <laughs> Keep some in your sock, like a <laughs> extra gun. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little Banaka holster right on your sock. <laughs> I like to put it in the little pocket. <laughs> you know, the fifth pocket on the jeans, uh, that's where the Banaka goes. Oh, that man. and $100 just in case. You, you know, <laughs> don't go out here solo. You got to have cash right You got to have $100 in your little pocket. Come on, now. <laughs> <laughs> so... So it doesn't sound uh it doesn't sound like you're you're even still convinced that this is No, uh, I'm not with this one. And this was complicated because this one was not this isn't a that's not a typical conspiracy theory, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I think in this case it feels like your mom was writing her own contemporary allegories like in the same way that like uh Jonas and the whale, ain't that his name? Jonah, Jonah and the Jonah. whale is he he didn't really get swallowed by a whale and then come out of it but it's a lesson about like uh faithfulness eat your fucking food yeah my mom used to tell me my mom told me if you swallow chewing gum and this is a direct quote it will rub against your gut and you will die Mm. and then and i thought it was just me i talked to my little brother about it recently she told him the same thing not based in anything other than don't eat gum which you shouldn't eat gum. It's really, really bad for you. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's where it came from. She was like, if you eat, because, you know, I was a kid. I was fucking house in big league, chew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your thickest pack, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and the bubble tape to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that's one of those where it's like, yeah, technically you will die. But it's not just because of the one piece of bubble gum. You yeah. would have to be doing that constantly for a long, active period of time for this to start to have its residual effects. And the point is that it worked. To this day, I don't swallow gum, and I think Carly eats all her food. Hell yeah. Carly, I, we, we hope that you are finishing your plate. We hope you have a big old pile of unseasoned pasta in front of you yeah. right now. and. And you finish it anyway because of fear that you might be shitting shitting out your face. Eat all that tomato chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and I like it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bori, do you want to tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Uh, you can find me at CoolGuyJokes87 on Instagram. You can also go there because I don't have a list of where I'm at. 
right now. All right. Hell yeah. But I got some stand up <laughs> dates Dallas, San Francisco, Montana, some other shit. Yeah, I'll post it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got other shit. He's got some things. I'm going around. On. I'm around. It. I'm out there. I, I work. Listen, more most importantly, I would say we have a live show coming up on February 16th yes. at the Elysian Theater in, in here in Los Angeles. Uh, and if at any point you want to buy tickets, do that shit. Why not? It's My Mama Told Me Live. We're going to have guests. We're going to have games. We're going to be doing our usual shenanigans and also some very in-face, in-person shenanigans. And you can buy tickets both for the live show to be in the room. And and I think, I'm not, I'm not speaking out of turn here, that we're also going to be doing a live stream of the show. And we're going right. to make that available on Moment House, so if you wanted to see the the show, even from your own home, see me and David do our bullshit, then you can you can buy tickets on Moment House or buy tickets in person. And as always, you can you can follow me at Langston Kerman and go subscribe to our YouTube, hang out, bullshit, whatever that is. And uh, all right, that's it. Bye, bitch. Notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.